There was a time that I was really angry at someone I love, but instead of going to them and expressing how I was feeling, I retreated. I was so afraid that if I showed that I was angry, this person whom I love so, so much would get angry with me and either turn the situation back onto my head or be hurt that I was angry and feel nervous talking with me. So instead of expressing myself and how I felt, I went to God and I went to my journal. Seems holy, right? Well, in a way, yeah, it was the right move. It allowed me to fully express why I was upset because I knew that no one was going to judge me. I'm not going to judge my own thoughts, and God is certainly not going to judge me. And I needed to convey my anger to someone because if I didn't, I was going to go to bed angry, and it would stay with me until the next day. See, when you sleep on your anger, it becomes bitterness overnight. That bitterness turns to hatred, and hatred in a relationship becomes division. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians 4.26, Be angry, yet do not sin. Do not let the sun set upon your anger. God doesn't want to allow our anger to work against us, so he advises that we take care of it before it gets out of control. Anger, when slept upon, burns. But now that it's sat and become bitterness, it becomes acidic and starts to burn you. When God is angry, he doesn't let his anger go unacknowledged. In the same way, he doesn't want our anger to go unacknowledged. Have you ever had that happen before? You're super angry about something, but it gets brushed over? Isn't that the worst feeling ever? I don't even have words for it. It's totally deflating. God doesn't allow that to happen to himself, and he doesn't want that to happen for you. But in you expressing your anger, he doesn't want us to sin. He wants us to use a healthy outlet for expressing our anger. Anyway, I was journaling, writing out why I was angry. But very, very quickly, I realized that this wasn't an isolated moment. I had pent up some moments in my life with this person where I hadn't communicated how I was feeling, and it was all coming out now. So I'm writing all this, and I realized, yo, you've got to talk to this person about this stuff, because if I let this go on, I'll end up being super hurt without this person knowing why. Let me tell you, that is never a good spot to be. You think that you have this super valid reason for being hurt or upset, and you expect the other person to just realize this and ask for forgiveness. Well, first of all, nobody is psychic. While I wish I could know how each one of my actions hurt someone else, I can't possibly keep up with all of that. And when people blow up at me all of a sudden, my first response is always to the effect of, I didn't know. Why didn't you tell me? So to expect this person to understand everything that I was going through without me telling them is kind of crazy. And secondly, and this is what I've had to learn, if you truly love someone, you'll tell them how you feel. It's an act of trust. Because like I said, I was afraid of two things happening. The relationship ending or, number two, hurting the other person. But fear, guys, fear is never a good reason to do or not do something. Trust me, never. Because with fear, it presents itself as a way to keep you safe. But remember, the devil is a liar. So even if it seems like he can keep you safe by allowing the fear to tell you where to go, its underlying goal is to steal from you, kill you, and destroy your life. However, when we step out of the fear, we find life and life in abundance. So again, I'm writing in my journal all my feelings and kind of ranting at God. And he just goes, call them. I'm like, no, are you crazy? Because there is no way that this is going to be received well. It's late, first of all. I'm afraid, second of all, and I have no idea how this is going to go. But he said it again. Call them. And so I did. And you know what? 
that FaceTime was literally the first time I can remember ever feeling safe enough to fully express myself in an angry, quote unquote, you know, negative way. And this person, they listened, they apologized, and we talked it out. It sounds so simple, but this simple thing gave me this insane, complex, beautiful sense of release. There was a peace that washed over me and a joy that overcame me. The anger was gone and all that was left was love. And I learned something about love. Love is having the ability to fully express your anger. And I also learned something about anger. It's actually a form of love. See, if I refuse to get angry at someone, that would mean that I don't trust them or I don't care about them enough to explain how they hurt me. And the second part is especially true because I explain my actions to people that I want to reconcile with. So if someone approaches you and explains how you've hurt them, don't let your heart go to a place of angry defense. See it for what it truly is, an act of love. Because this person is trying to heal and the only way to heal is to explain the hurt that you've caused them and then seek reconciliation. See, without repentance, we wouldn't have Christ. And we wouldn't have known we needed Christ unless we knew how we offended God. That's why when God gets angry in the Bible, he's, he's really not being mean. He's just expressing his love. See, if he didn't love the Israelites, and if he didn't love us, he would let us keep walking in whatever sin we were living in and then punish us later. But because he wants a relationship with us, tells us exactly how our sin has offended his holiness and then he makes a way for us to be reconciled with him confessing jesus and believing in him as our lord and savior that's it and unfortunately in this world people are so quick to get offended and if you call out negative behavior in someone that quickly gets turned on your head as you're accused of being hateful or unloving but if we stop holding each other accountable, bitterness wins, and the devil can quickly divide the church. Matthew 18 verses 15 through 17 says, If your brother or sister sins, go out and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. If they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Here's what Jesus is saying. Correct people out of love with the goal of winning them over. The Amplified translation of this passage says, if your brother listens and pays attention to you, you have won back your brother. This isn't about winning an argument or hearing an I'm sorry or being above another person. This is about sustaining the family. See, God taught me a while ago that if I depend on an I'm sorry or someone's contrite heart to be able to forgive them, I've made myself in bondage to that person. By depending my expectation on that person, I've put a yoke around my own neck. Because not everyone, even in the church, will be sorry. Our power to forgive does not come from ourselves. We're incapable of forgiving anyone. Our ability to forgive comes from God alone. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, 
all this from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So it was God who gave us the ministry or ability to reconcile or forgive one another. But it is not dependent on anyone but Jesus. My forgiveness is independent. That chapter of 2 Corinthians finishes by saying that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against him. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So when we forgive, it's out of a reflection of the forgiveness that God extended to us. I'm going to say this again. God has every right to be angry. Every right. But in expressing his anger, that opened the door for the question to be asked, how can I be forgiven? And the way we are forgiven is by believing in the life, sacrifice, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Without Jesus, we bear the punishment of all the righteous anger that God holds against our sin. John 3.36 says, though, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. So Jesus bore that punishment, that wrath for us. And when he died, the sin that offends God died with him. And when he was raised, the path to reconciliation and joyful relationship with the maker of the universe came to life as well. See, this is why we have to allow God to be the source of our forgiveness. When he's the source of our forgiveness, family, friendships, and relationships are totally restored. Even the relationship we have with ourselves can be mended when we allow God in. Romans 8, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Now, I will be the first to confess that I struggle with self-condemnation. My self-image is a paradox. I, help my, I hype myself up on the outside, but I cut myself deep on the inside. The mistakes that others make can quickly be forgiven in my mind, but the mistakes that I make are unforgivable. Now, I'm still working on this, but I can't hope to improve my self-image if I cannot learn to forgive myself. If I can't have grace for my own actions eventually, I'll hold others to the same impossible standard that I hold for myself. Thankfully, that's why God sent his son Jesus. Again, his wrath is valid, but his love is even more valid. And fully expressing the wrath that he has against the sins I commit, he sent his son to redeem me and give me the power to forgive myself. He restores my mind and my self-image when I give him time and space in my life to do so. So, kind of in closing, anger is super valid. God gets angry, I get angry, you get angry, we all get angry. But God wants our processing of that emotion to flow in and out of us rather than let the bitterness sit and consume us. Express your anger to God, but let your anger flow into forgiveness. And lastly, I want to leave us with Psalm 103. It says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. 
He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are, and he remembers we are only dust. Our days on the earth are like grass, like wildflowers we bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone, as though we had never been there. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children, of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commands. The Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there, he rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord, everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom. Let all that I am praise the Lord.